team. Happy Wednesday. Thank you for your patience with a little bit of some technical issues to get us started. This evening, I want to dive into a full workshop that's it's mainly centered around a bit of goal setting and bits and pieces. And before people start rolling their eyes at goal setting, uh, there's a few things I want to dispel. There's a few things I want to dive into. There's a few sort of chest pokey moments I want to do. And all of this is basically fed by the pages and pages and reams and reams of notes that I have from your monthly feedback form. So thank you so much for getting all those filled in because this has fueled what this chat is all about. I think that every single thing, or rather at least one thing on, on this whole presentation, this whole chat that we're going to be going into this evening is going to relate to every single person here. Partly because I've done that on purpose and partly because I feel that a lot of people are in the same boat right now. And I don't want this to be a just a workshop on how to set goals because you already know how to set goals and you've already got your own attitudes to goals. I'm here to tell you exactly what I feel you need to hear. Because looking through all these feedbacks, there's a lot that we need to dive into. There's a lot that I can I have definitely gone through individually with people, but this needs to be a collective push. And the end of this call is basically going to leave you with some action steps for actually what you need to do next. And my invite is to actually get those things done. There's going to be a call to action at the end of this. There's going to be something for you to do. And this is not necessarily going to be setting up your 90-day plan or your 180-day plan or your five-year plan. It's about actually getting to grips with what it is you're trying to do here. Not necessarily just in this coaching journey, but in a whole, you know, in terms of your overall adventure journey, in terms of your overall life, in terms of everything you're doing, this will apply to every single aspect of life. So these slides are merely here to disappear. Whoops. These slides are merely here to keep my brain going in the right direction. So we've got some nice flashy pictures, which look like they belong printed out and framed on the side of some horrible corporate office. But they're good pictures. They do what they say on the tin. And we've got some words on them, which kind of keep me going in the right direction. Now, the first thing is, before we actually dive into how to set goals and all the rest of it, should it really be all about the goal? Now, for those who have been in this coaching journey for long enough, you've probably heard me say, in fact, probably everybody has heard me say, it's more about becoming over achieving, right? Who you become along the way in, in order to obtain those goals is more important than the actual goals themselves. Why? Because goals are great. We like to do things. But those things do not dictate our value and our self-worth. It's like having a goal body weight, having a goal mountain bike ride, having a goal hill to climb, having a goal run time. All these things, they're great. And they allow you to visually and tangibly see that you are on the path that you need to be. But these goals don't dictate your value and your self-worth. Even if we take this to the highest of levels and we look at Olympic athletes, does an Olympic gold medal define that person's self-value and self-worth no it doesn't i would strongly argue it doesn't anyway yes it means an awful lot to that person but they have become the type of per they have become on their journey over four years to go from mega awesome to even more uber awesome to get a gold medal at the olympics in that four-year period between every single olympics they have become a gold medal winning athlete they have to become that person in order to actually obtain the gold medal. You can't just go into it and kind of thumb your way through it and, and, and blag your way through. I'm all about bullshit baffles brains, but you can't do that with everything. And you certainly can't do that with your goals, or at least a large majority of them. 
in order to achieve these things, you've got to become the type of person who can achieve them first. And that is what I want to dive into this evening. That is what this is all about. Because this has got nothing to do with every single person's goal here. You've all got different things you want to do. Some people have no goals. Some people have certain goals. Some people have races, events, mountains, whatever it is. It doesn't matter what they are. Obviously it does. But on the whole, it doesn't matter. What matters is that you are on the path to become the type of person who can achieve these things. So should we be all about the goal? No, we shouldn't. We should have something that excites us. We should have something to aim for, but we shouldn't be all about that overall goal. Because what happens if we are all about the goal? What happens when the goal has happened and it's been achieved and it's done? Well, every single person on the face of the earth is going to get post-adventure blues. You know, you're going to go away for a great week away or a weekend away if you're at the treat, uh, the retreat, whatever. After your body started hurting, after your battering on the Saturday morning, you know, you probably came back and thought, oh, you know, wish I was still in Scotland. I know I certainly did. Spent an extra few days up there doing some mountain biking, and some bits and pieces. I know I, I sure did. If the goal was to achieve those things and that's all we see and do. Once we've achieved the goal, it's like it's been taken away from us. It's like the vision, the goal, the, the reason, the, the, the guiding light, the rug has been pulled out beneath our feet because it's been taken away. But if we become the type of person who can disappear up to Scotland and get battered for a weekend and then go do some mountain biking, for example, or become the type of person who can go away on that biking holiday or go away on that climbing holiday or go away to France and go to the Alps and do all those different bits and pieces that you all want to do, you become the type of person who can do that, then you're expecting to already see a positive outcome for those particular goals. And you live that. It becomes part of a process that you live. Yes, of course, we're always going to miss being, you know, in that version of ourselves. We're living as the best version of ourselves. You know, Abby, who is currently relatively new in the Adventure Coach, she's got a month at the moment uh, doing a long distance hiking trail through Sweden. And it's going to take her four weeks to do it. I think she's on the last couple of weeks now. And if she is out in Sweden for a month, yeah, damn right she's going to come back. And she can be like, oh, man, I wish I was in Sweden still. We all do. When I was in Iceland for a month, I came back and I was like, oh, man, wish I was still in Iceland. But there's a difference between missing doing what you were doing and all that fun and the games and the excitement of just living as your best self because the, the, the best version of you is that version of you that's out on the trail doing the thing. The difference here is you've lived that, but then you come back and you know that you are at that standard of readiness to be able to go and do something else you know that you can set your sights on the next thing because you know you've already reached point b now you're off to point c you've reached point c now you're off to point b at point d i don't know my alphabet and the difference here with that is it's not necessarily about making everything all about the goals it's just looking at what the next thing is you know you're driving up the motorway and it says t-bay services on the m6 best services in the motorway network and it's in 50 miles then you reach another sign that it says it's in 32 miles. Then you reach another sign that it says it's in 15 miles. Every single one of those signs are goals to get to. And they just give you the next one and then the next one and the next one. But you don't go on holiday to go to T-Bay services. That'd be weird. You go there, you enjoy yourself. You spend an extortionate amount of money on some you know, semi-average food, but it's certainly better than going to McDonald's. And then you get in your car and you continue on your journey. Why? Because you're on to the next one, then the next one, then the next one. The thing is, when we go through goals and stuff, we need to have something to quantify and be able to tangibly see what it is that we're trying to train for. Let's say you want to turn around and say, hey, I want to run fast. Okay, great. In what respect? Are we talking fast over 200 miles or are we talking fast over 5K? Are we talking fast as in a sub 30 minute park run or are we talking fast in terms of a sub three hour marathon? 
because the more you dive into what that means, the more you have a goal. You People will turn around and say, hey, I just want to be fitter. I would challenge you and say, you don't know what you want. Because why? Why do you want to be fitter? What do you want to be fitter at? What's the capability we're looking for here? Don't sell yourself short and say, hey, I want to be thinner. Hey, I want to be healthier. Hey, I want to be fitter. Hey, I want to be better. Obviously, we all want to be these things. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. But let's dig into that. We don't need to look at corporate style 90 day plans, corporate style, you know, six month plans, three year plans, five year plans, 10 year plans. If you've got that, great. But you don't have to be about that. But you need to have some directions to what you're going, uh, what you're aiming for. Because if your aim is to just be fitter, then do one push up and then tomorrow do two. And you have accomplished being fitter. Sounds trivial, sounds a little bit insultingly simple. And yes, it kind of is. But if we don't understand what the context is to what it is that we're trying to do, then guess what? We're not going to be able to see progress. And every single person here, me included, wants to be able to see progress. Because progress means that we are winning at something. Progress means that we are taking one step further towards doing something that we want to do. Human beings are designed for progress. We need to see progress. Because you have all been, most likely, at a point in your life, I definitely know I have, where you have not been progressing somewhere, and you feel like you're stagnating. And you feel like you just sat there spinning wheels. And you feel like you are not doing what it is that you think you should be doing. Whoops, sorry. Didn't mean to do that. Oh my goodness me. Oh my goodness me. We're going in completely the wrong direction. Why is that doing that? There we go. Um, and trail of thought, come back to me. There we are. We're back in. And when you feel like you're just stagnating, you're goalless. You feel like you're not going anywhere. But you had a goal of being fitter. No, you didn't. You just didn't take the time to look into it and be like, what's actually genuinely important to me? And now we can actually go forward in there uh, in uh slides and look at you know should you actually have goals in the first place well yes we should because if we don't we're sitting there and stagnate but what does what does a goal look like what should we be doing what excites us what do we want to pursue what do we think others think that our goals should be that's usually where a lot of people get caught they think ah oh, well maybe i should be living up to other people's expectations of me being able to do something else but in actuality Replace the word goal, because it sounds very corporate. Replace the word goal with cool stuff to do. Should you have cool stuff to do in the first place? Now, that's a completely different sentence, isn't it? If we look at should we have cool stuff to do in the first place, then yeah, absolutely, because that's what life's all about. Life is about development. Life is about improvement. And life is about you know adding value to the human machine. That's what we do. That's what human beings do in the world, according to Ben. That is what the meaning of life is to personally develop for the betterment of the humankind. That's what we do. And again, in the world, according to Ben, there's no point trying to better the human machine if you haven't worked on you first. You will always come first over everybody else, over those closest to you, over those furthest away from you, over those greater, more esoteric goals and visions that we have of the world. You will always come first, because if you don't work on you first, you're going to be bringing a crappy version of you to all of those goals and ideas that you have. And take it from experience here, folks. If you don't work on yourself first and you bring a crappy version of you to your goals and your visions and your bits and pieces, they don't happen. And when they don't happen, you feel pretty bad about yourself because you feel like you're stagnating and it's a horrible place to be because I've been there. It's a horrible place to be. 
So should we have goals in the first place? Yes. Because otherwise you've got a map, you've got a compass, you're lost in the wilderness and you don't know where to go. A goal in this sense of the analogy is going, right, I'm going to navigate from here to that point. And then I'm going to try and figure out where I am from there. Then I'm going to go from that point to this point. Then I'm going to try and figure out where I am from there. And you continuously go until you know where you're going and you've got some vision and you've got some direction and you know what's going on. So having goals in the first place is an incredibly important thing. But what do those goals look like? Well, it's a simple question. If we're looking at cool stuff to do, what fires you up? What are you excited to pursue? I did a post about this the other day on social media, you know, asking people, what are you genuinely excited to pursue? Don't think of goals as something that you think you have to put down. Ah, oh, yes, I need to be ticking these boxes of my self-development at work. No, you don't. I mean, obviously, you might have to as part of your personal development plan. But for you personally, we've said it before in a previous call, which I know a lot of people, a lot of people really enjoyed. How do you introduce yourself? Do you say, who have we got in here? I'm going to pick on some people. Um, okay, do we say, hey, I'm I'm Paul and this is my job title? Most people do. Like, hey, I'm Ben, I'm a coach. Hey, I'm Sarah, I work in finance. Hey, I'm this and I work in this. Hey, I'm this and that. If we were to turn that around and say, hey, my name's Ben, I absolutely love mountains. It's a bit like introducing yourself as your Ken job, right? For those who have watched the Barbie movie, if you haven't, then you've got some out of context uh, comedy coming up, but also you've got some homework to go and watch it. Yes, I can see you people rolling your eyes behind your computer screen. Go watch it. It's a good film. Fun filled family fun. And introducing yourself by your Ken job is great. You know, hey, I'm Ben and I do mountain stuff. I do mountains. That's what I do. That's what I love to do. I love to do anything that involves being in mountains, climbing, biking, running, hiking. That is me. Because that gives somebody you're introducing yourself to a heck of a lot more context as to who you actually are. Because nobody really cares about your job title as much as they would care about actually what fires you up and what you're excited to pursue in life, because it gives you a little bit of passion and a little bit of pizzazz in what it is. I don't know if that's a word, but it sounds fantastic, doesn't it? A bit of pizzazz as to what it is that you want to achieve in life. So my question is simple. What fires you up? What are you excited to pursue? Get a piece of paper, write it down. I want you to write five things down in your life that you are genuinely excited to pursue. Do not put fitness. Be more specific. Do not put health. Be more specific. Because quite frankly, those are what every single human being should be excited to pursue. Fitness, health, you know, resilience, all these sort of things. They're not specific enough. What really excites you? You might look at this picture, which kind of reminded me a little bit of the opening scene of Mission Impossible. Is it three where he's climbing in those thingies? You know, is something that excites you a specific climbing objective, a specific mountain, a specific mountain bike route? I was on the World Cup track at Fort William, generally just holding on and letting the bike ride me instead of me riding it. And it was super exciting to be able to pursue certain things on that that I've not done before, like drops and things that have been kicking my ass for ages and, you know, being able to do it. That gave me a pure sense of excitement to pursue something different. It might be completely trivial to Doris and Dave either side of me who don't care about mountain biking, but I don't care. It doesn't matter what people think about our goals. What matters is that you're excited to pursue it. Because as soon as you have a little bit of an excitement in your life, as soon as you have a little bit of something that lights a little bit of a fire under your ass to actually do something and bring some joy and happiness to what it is that you're doing in this journey of life, then guess what? You're living with a little bit more congruency to that best version of yourself. Being good at Excel spreadsheets is not something to be excited to pursue. 
doing something adventurous, doing something outdoors, doing something generally, oh, I can't think of the word, not humane, that's the wrong word. Using human planes of motion, i.e. doing exactly what we're designed to do, embracing that sense of adventure that every single person in this call has. That's what we need to be pursuing. And instead of saying, hey, what are your goals? And you're like, yes, do you know what? In this, in this amount of time, I want to be making this much money and I want to be doing this and I want to be doing this. No, boring. What are you excited to pursue? If you're excited to pursue X amount of cash or the certain car or the house, then you go nuts. That's all good. But think about what you're excited to pursue. Think about what fires you up. It could be so simple. It could be something like on Friday night, I can't wait to go climbing indoor climbing for the first time it might be i can't wait for a workout in the park on a friday morning whatever it is but if you're excited to pursue that i can't wait to be good at pull-ups great awesome you're excited to pursue it i think i've labored on this point enough goals are not some overused corporate word which are forcing us to think about our overall life plan it's some cool stuff to do and you need some more cool stuff to do in your life. Because I want you to think about that. And I want you to fast forward and put yourself into that position of somebody who does pursue those things. Who is able to ride the World Cup track, to climb Snowden, to go and do Kribgoch, to go and go climbing on a sunny Friday evening and then go to the pub for dinner. You know, I want you to be somebody who is excited to go to the beach or to feel stronger because they can do pull-ups whatever it is that's what we need so here's an exercise that i fell over the other day and this is called a xander letter exercise and basically it's a psychological kind of goal setting quote unquote method uh, that dates back to i think it was 1954 when it was first done by somebody xander and i can't remember his surname his first name no, it's gone. And basically, it's writing a letter to yourself. And it's writing a letter to yourself, outlining every single thing, imagining first and foremost, that you are in the shoes of someone who's a, who has achieved the goal that you're aiming for. So let me use myself as an example here, because I know a little bit more about it. Um, so in December, now, it was actually meant to be last weekend, but a lot of things happened. It's now December. In December, I'm going to be running 231 miles across the Scottish Islands because I had the bright idea of doing it one day. And it's slowly but surely snuck up on me. And all of a sudden, we're staring down the barrel of December and we're on our way. And the Xander letter exercise, and I've done it because it's right here. The Xander letter exercise is stepping in the shoes of me who has just accomplished that run. And I've crumbled over the line at some horrible cold wet dark cape wrath lighthouse in the arse end of nowhere miles away from anybody and i'm about to stumble into a bunkhouse and have some famous um aurora cafe which is the name of the cafe that's at this point aurora cafe vegetarian chili that's what they do best up there and they will like dish it out no matter what time of day and i'm gonna just burst through the door collapse on the floor have a bottle of something sugary have some of this vegetarian chili, and then I'm going to write this letter. So this is the state of mind that I'm in. And this letter is saying, dear Ben of now, so rewind three and a half months, and say, hey, this is every single thing that you had to do to accomplish this goal. 
So, for example, I'm not going to read out the whole thing because it's quite a long letter, but I'm going to summarize a few things. You know, you're going through this and saying, hey, on the training side of life, you trusted what your training plan said. You did every single exercise. You did every single training session. And even if you did miss a training session, you know that you could make up for it. You know that, you know, you don't necessarily have to bank all these training sessions in. But you know what? You have the overall discipline to be 80% there because that's what you tell your clients to do. And that's how you need to live your life. Every single one of those training sessions were done. You had certain training sessions which were absolute key markers of training sessions. You nailed those. You did the recce's of the right parts of the path that you haven't covered yet. And every single strength session was done with intent so that you were able to systematically go through the overall stress and rest stimulus to build a body worthy and able of running 231 miles. On the mindset side of life, you overcame a lot of challenges because... 2023 has dealt a lot of shit for you and you've dealt with the other challenges that came up over that next three and a half months. And you know something? It didn't impact your training because you used it and focused it into becoming that better version of yourself and bringing out the benefit of that training. On the nutrition side of life, you got a grip of what it is that you're eating because, Ben, we all know that you're not very good at eating when you get stressed. So this is some truth coming out about me now, by the way. But you stuck to the plan, you trusted the plan, and you did exactly what you said you were going to do, just like you tell your clients to do every step of the way. And then what you did was you systematically got the logistics in place. There's a few details I'm going to omit there because they're not something I need to be sharing. And then you got to the point where you completed the trail. You started with vigor. You got through everything. You knew what all of the um, shortfalls and the challenges were going to be over the overall trail. And you got to the end. When you got to the end, you checked into a really nice Airbnb. It's this really fancy place right at the about 10 miles away from where I'm finishing. That's definitely where I intend to check in. And now you're at the point where you're able to relax. That is a Xander letter. And that is an exercise that I invite all of you to try. And I genuinely want you to actually humor me and do this. You don't need to share it with me, but please do if you want to. I'm not going to share it anywhere else after that. But please, you know, if you want to share it with me, share it with me. But I want you to think about what it is that goal is you want to do. I don't care how far off it is. I don't care if you've got a vision of yourself holding your canoe and your buoyancy aid with your paddle about to go and have having just paddled the entire Yukon River. I don't care if you've got the vision of yourself where you are on top of a trig point with your bike over the top of your head, having just done this 50 kilometer enduro mountain bike adventure. I don't care what your goal is. What I want you to do is get a piece of paper and I want you to say, dear Andrew, Sarah, Paul, Claire, whoever you are, this is what you did to achieve that goal. Because what you're doing here psychologically is you're telling yourself exactly what you need to do. And it could be literally as vague as, you know, you could turn around and say, hey, Ben, well, I don't actually know what I'm doing. That's your job. Great. It could be as vague as, do you know what? I did exactly what my plan told me to do. I lent into my coach, Ben, and, you know, we overcame some of the challenges and I challenged a few things and I questioned this and I fully understand why I was doing all these bits of training. I fully understood my nutrition strategy. I fully understood all these bits and pieces. I had lots of challenges to overcome. And do you know something? I found that three positive things that I can get out of every single situation so that I can spin that positive note on all the negative stuff that happens. I can maintain a level head when work gets on top of me and I end up staying at work for a couple of hours after my shift or whatever it is. I was able to manage my time so that, you know what, I didn't get home from work and think, do you know what, sod it, I'm not going to do my training because instead I found the time to do it. 
I got out of bed on the right time. I nailed my morning routine. You know, you tell me what these things are. Because when you look at things like this and exercises like this, you end up giving yourself the answers. And I'm not giving away the game here, folks. This is the secret of coaching. You have the answers all in your head. It's my job to bring them out. And I want you to try this exercise. I genuinely really do invite you to do this. Sit down, take half an hour, clear your schedule for a bit and think about it. Spend 10 minutes of that half an hour just putting yourself thoroughly in the zone of having just completed whatever that goal is you want to do. I don't care if it's just one full pull-up. I don't care if it's 230 miles running across the highlands. Whatever it is, put yourself in that position. And I want you to write that letter to yourself and say, this is what you had to do. And then sign it off. Because you're going to tell yourself what it is that you need to do. And every single time you struggle, every single time 5am alarm goes off and that motivation from the night before has gone, because it does every single bloody day it goes. And Monday morning rolls around or Saturday evening rolls around and you've got to get that training done. You can reread that and be like, this is what I had to do. And funnily enough, I put in my letter, I did have to set the alarm for 5am. I did have to get out of bed on time. I did have to lace up my shoes when I'd rather just get back into bed where it was warm and comfortable. And you did the things that were necessary. Because as soon as we align ourselves to doing something cool, and then we understand why it is that we want to do it, because, you know, it's something exciting to us, and we genuinely want to pursue it. And then you write down here, very emphatically and very enthusiastically, what it is that you had to do that you think you had to do to get there. You align yourself to no other degree to what it is that you actually want to achieve. It's not all about having massive mega goals. This Xander letter could be you in six months time who is consistently going out hiking all the time, consistently nailing training five times a week, losing weight consistently if that's your goal, eating well consistently. I can see you in the back of the computers jacking on your nutrition because it's hard, because you ain't got time because you've been lazy at some points. We're all, we are all we all be there. I, I've been there. It's all good. I'm not pointing fingers, you know, to bully. I'm pointing fingers to say, look, we're all in the same boat here. You know what it is that that's, that vision of you that you're trying to achieve. So sum it up. Think about it. And tell yourself what it is that you've got to do. Put yourself in that future version of yourself and live in it for 10 minutes. Come back into the uh, present. Write a letter to say, right, what's the difference between me and them? What do I have to do? And then reread that letter and say, right, time to get to work. I invite you all to do that tonight. Because this is where we start to identify the standards that we are holding ourselves to right now. Because the standards that you are holding yourself to right now are either serving you or they are not serving you. Your body, your health, your mindset, your skill set are a direct reflection of your standards and your values your current state of fitness your current state of body your current state of health your current state of mindset your current state of skill set if it's specific adventure skills you're looking for your current state at work your current state at home your current state with your dog your current state of the back bloody garden is a culmination of your standards and your values up to this point it's not the be all or end all. It's just up to this point. And you, first and foremost, we've got to accept that because you, A, you can't change the past no matter how good or bad it was. 
doesn't matter. You can't change it. Live, live with it, learn from it, progress forward. But then we need to understand that everything that we have been through, everything that we are right now is changeable. Everything is changeable. Sometimes it's going to be easy. Most of the time it's going to be hard because change is difficult. So you've got to understand, again, spending that 10 minutes in that future version of yourself and put the version of you who can achieve the things that you want to achieve, that lives the life you want to live, to be the person you want to be. What are the standards that that, that person is holding themselves to? And now look at what are the standards that you are holding yourself to. I'm going to come on to something a bit later on in this, the myth of accountability. These are not my standards for you. These are your standards for you your own standards you are not here to pay me to bring you up to my standards that's not what you're here for you are here to pay me to be part of something that is going to help you improve your standards improve your health improve your fitness and improve your mindset to a point where you are laser focused on actual stuff that you want to do, a version of you want to you want to be, a feeling that you are looking for, and being able to systematically achieve it well past the time in which we are working together. Higher standards. It's letting me hold you to a higher standard, not to my higher standards, but to a higher standard. And I can only do that so far, just like the adage says, you can only lead a horse to water, you can't make it drink. By holding you to a higher standard, I am leading you to water. By you holding yourself to a higher standard, you are doing the drinking. Now, this is an interesting one. And this is something that popped up in monthly feedbacks with a number of people. And this is going to be a bit of a direct chest poke to some people. And you know who you are. And that's great. I'm talking directly to you and everybody else. Your self-talk. This is not some airy-fairy stuff. Self-talk is super flipping important. It really is. How you talk about yourself, how you see yourself, what your attitudes and moods are to yourself will directly correlate to your success to becoming that version of you or not, or just being in love with the idea of it. If you go around saying, oh, yeah, but I can't do that because, you know, oh, I let my standards slip at the weekend or, do you know what, I'm the kind of person that will wait till Monday or, you know, mm, I can't start. I can't stop drinking because, you know, I do like to drink or, you know, I do like to drink wine or, you know, I, I kind of do these things. As soon as you give yourself an out with your self-talk, then guess what? The chimp part of your brain is going to completely disconnect and be like, hey, let's do that thing that we're more comfortable to do. Let's have another glass of wine. Let's have another beer. Let's ha let's order a pizza tonight instead of doing the right thing. Let's not train tonight because we don't need to. We'd rather just go downstairs and watch Suits. You know, it's it's understanding where your self-talk is at. Flip that on its head and say, hey, I'm the sort of person that as much as I'd love to go out to Domino's tonight, I'm going to have my prepped food that I've got in the fridge. It's waiting for me because I know that I'm just I'm just I've had a stressful day and, you know, I'm I'm waiting for an out. I don't need to do that. I need to do some training because that's what I've got to do. And I'm going to eat some good food because that's what I've got to do. Why? Because that's what I said I was going to do. And I need to be a person that holds my word. That's a different type of self-talk. Yes, there's absolutely going to be times you're like, do you know what? I'm absolutely dead today. And yes, I'm going to go training, but it's probably not going to be a very good training session. And I'm just going to go through the motions of doing some ability or something. But at least you're doing something and you're ticking the, um, the consistency box. Great. There are lapses where that self-talk can allow you to have an easier route as long as it is still a progressive route forward. Because a step forward is still a step in the right direction. 
There's a difference between saying, I am absolutely battered today and I need to do a bit of mobility rather than a full strength squat session versus I'm not doing anything today because I'm tired. Difference is one is a step forward, the former. One is not a step forward and sometimes a step backwards, the latter. Now we come on to something called the reticular activator system, which is a great little bit part of the brain, which I don't know if you can see my mouse, but I'm kind of pointing at the lower back part of the brain, right at the base of the stem. Uh, the reticular activator is a part of your brain that essentially links to seeing things that we want. Now, I'm trying to describe that in easier terms. And the best way I can describe it is, let's say you really want a specific type of car. I went through a phase once upon a time of wanting a Discovery 4, the 2015 model of a Discovery 4, because it had the nice new lights and it looked really, really cool. And I wanted it in red and I wanted black wheels because I was a bit of a chav. And I just really loved the car. It looked great. Discovery 4s are awful because they break all the time, but it looked like a really nice car. And I just really wanted one. And because I was like, oh, I really want one. Maybe I should get one. Maybe I should get one. I didn't. I went for a Skoda because I'm a nerd. But because I really wanted one, my reticular activator, that part of the base of the brain right by the stem was like, hey, this guy wants a red discovery four with black wheels so what did i start seeing everywhere red discovery fours black wheels everywhere and i'm like hey that's a that's a red discovery four hey there's another one hey there's another one what does that mean how does that relate to our self-talk because we're not all going out there for discovery fours well if we are looking for positive outcomes in certain things if we have a self-talk that's aligned to that positive outcome to that cool thing that we're trying to do the reticular activator is going to be looking for positive reinforcement of that thing. Okay, so uh, a couple of people said, you know, you want to get better at various mountain skills, you know, whether that's whether that's how not to die in the mountains, whether that's not tying, whether that's navigation, whatever it is, your reticular activator is going to start seeing things related to that. Why? Because you've become more focused on that particular element. Maybe you have got a real bug for mountain biking and you, you know, maybe you start looking at a few things on Instagram for mountain biking and you're scrolling and you're scrolling. And then all of a sudden you come back to scrolling the next day and all of your for you feed is related to mountain biking. You're like, hey, that's how your that's how your reticular activator works. It starts to see positive reinforcement to the version of you you're trying to become, the, to your internal self-talk, to the version, the journey that you are on. It starts to see positive reinforcement for that and you recognize it and you focus in on it because there's an awful lot that we can we, that we need to be able to see in our periphery. The brain can't do it. You have something called peripheral. Um, oh, geez, I can't, do you know what? I can't remember what it's called. Um, it'll come to me at some point in this call and I'll shout it out completely out of context. No, it's gone. Something vision. And anyway, it's the difference between you focusing in on something like you're probably, I hope, focused in on the screen in front of you. You're not paying attention to the things that are going on around your periphery. For example, I've got a door over to my right. I've got a window over to my left and I'm not paying attention to it. So I don't know what's in front of that window. I don't know. I can't focus in on the plants, for example, that I, I kind of do know is in front of the window, but I'm not focusing in on it because I'm still focused in on the screen in front of me. Now, as we start to focus in on that thing in front of us, that's the reticular activator system focusing in so that we can narrow down the parts of our brain that are our eyes to that specific goal. You do this when you're driving. You kind of, you go to that wider state of vision when you're driving because you don't just focus on the line in the middle of the road. You focus on everything else that's going on, right? And you kind of zone out a little bit, or at least I do when I'm driving, safety first. But what you're doing is you're allowing your brain to just see that wider picture. 
as we start to narrow down on things, we start to use our reticular activator, we start to find um, positive reinforcement to the things that we are focusing in on. So if we turn around and say in our monthly feedback forms, for example, I'm no good at this, I keep failing at this, you know, uh, I, I'm not going to do this because I'm not very good at this. People, you, you know, people will say it. I'm not very good at text. So I'm not going to do this. Uh, I'm not very good with my nutrition. So I just don't do this. I'm not very good at, um, I can't think of an example. You get the idea. You'll say, hey, I'm not very good at this. So I don't do it. And all of a sudden you're giving yourself a complete out. And then your reticular activator is going to be like, hey, we're not very good at tech. So whenever it comes to techie things, we're just going to be like, uh, I don't know. Even though you do know. If we reframe that to, yeah, I'm not very good at tech, but I need to learn how to do this thing. I need to learn how to use the Adventure Coach app. I need to learn how to do this particular thing. Nutrition, I struggle with. I need to understand what the basics are. I need to go back to Nutrition 101, which Ben spent a long time putting together so that I could figure out exactly what it is that I need to do and learn for myself. I need to go back to that. I need to watch it. I need to pay attention to it. I need to ask questions. Then my reticular activator is going to be focused in on finding the positive reinforcements to me trying to do something positive for that lack of understanding rather than my reticular activator going, yeah, we don't know that. So we're just going to chin it off. There are people... We know people, I know people, I'm looking and talking to you who say, yeah, I'm just no good at this. It's all my fault. I'm just no good at it. You know, uh, I can't do that because I'm a bit useless at this. Stop talking like that. Stop it. There's nothing else for me to say apart from just stop it. You're not helping yourself. Just reframing things like, yeah, I'm no good at that, so I don't do it to, yeah, I struggle with push-ups. So I need to get better at them. How do I get better at them? All of a sudden, you've triggered a growth mindset. All of a sudden, you've triggered something in your brain for you to get a grip of yourself and find the answer rather than selling yourself short on the easy way out of just chinning it off. I'm saying that because I've done it so many times in my bloody life that actively I catch myself when I'm saying, hey, I can't do that, to be like, right, hang on, I can't do that. Why can I not do that? Right, I need to figure that out. And you need to be able to have that mindset to see how you can find your own way through these problems. I can't get in your brain and do it for you. I can lead you to the water, but you've got to drink. And your self-talk is the most important thing. It is the most important thing. You can't go around saying you're a failure. You can't go around saying that you're bruised and battered from being just ridden at work. And how it just seems to take and take and take and you can't control it. You can. It might seem like the hardest challenge in the world to overcome, but you can overcome it. You can. You either have to take control of life or life is going to just drive you. Into the ground, usually, when we go with the flow, we just let it take us with zero control. And the more we say, hey, yeah, I can't really do that. Or, yeah, I've got no control over that the more you are literally allowing that to happen. And if you find yourself stuck in that, we need to have a discussion to get you out of it. And you have got to do the work to bring yourself out of it. Because it's really tough to control. Really tough to control. It takes work. This isn't easy. It's not just saying, hey, I'm going to have some growth mindset, like a pill you're going to take in the morning, and all of a sudden you're fixed. No. It's going to sneak up on you when you've had a really crappy day at work, 
when you've not eaten properly because you've just you literally have been battered at work and then you want to not do your workout or then you want to just have a gin and tonic even though it's monday and then you want to just kind of order a takeaway even though you've got some food prepped in the fridge you just can't be asked to cook it that's the difference it's what you do in those times there was a saying once that how you react to challenges will bring out your true character how you react in these instances instead of saying when you're writing in your feedback form for example yeah no i don't really understand that i'm pretty useless no ben i need some help understanding this this is as far as my knowledge is now i understand x y and z but you know what the 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 context of a b and c i just don't i, I don't get it how can i get past it that's a growth mindset that's the questions that make me feel all warm and fuzzy inside because I know that you're there wanting to bring out your best version of you. And if you're consistently just saying, yeah, do you know what? Uh, it's just who I am. You know, I don't do this. You're in the wrong place. Because if you consistently think I don't see the value in bringing out that growth mindset, you're in the wrong place in your own head, not necessarily in terms of coaching. I can help you through it, but you've got to be out. You've got to be willing to help yourself. And that's a tough one to get around. And it doesn't work overnight. It's not a it's not a golden pill that's going to fix everything. But it's consistently showing up and having that positive self-talk. When you get up in the morning, the, the morning is a prime example. When the alarm goes off, it's five o'clock in the morning and you could stay in bed for an extra 10 minutes. You could. Would the world stop spinning? No. Would your standards slip? Yes. Or you could set your alarm in a different room so that you have to get up to turn your alarm off. That's what I do kind of most of the time, really. So you have to get out of bed. And then all of a sudden you're up. And next to your phone just happens to be your clothes. And it might be some fizz kit. And you have to go outside. And then all of a sudden you've started your day. That's finding ways through to develop positive self-talk. So that one day where your phone does go off on the alarm and it's on your bedside table, you turn it off and it's like, right, I need to get up now. This is how we progress forward. Having a growth mindset is utmost importance. Because then we ask ourselves the question, when we say, oh, yeah, I can't do these or I can't do these things. Well, well why? What, what is it? What's the culture that you have? Not the culture. What's the understanding that you have conditioned yourself to? What's the reasons you've given yourself? Yeah, I can't do that. Why? I'm not saying that you know, you're going to become an astrophysicist overnight. I'm saying, why can't you go for that wild camp? Why can't you climb Snowden tomorrow? Why? What, what, what's the reason here? Oh, you don't understand, Ben. I'm so busy. Yes, I do understand. Because we're all busy. We've all got different walks of lives. We've all got different things going on. I was meeting up with my brother, um, funnily enough, for the first time in nearly four years earlier this morning. It was wonderful. And in that time, he's had a kid. And he sat down. It's like, yeah, I have zero time. And I'm not going to turn around and tell my, you know, my brother who's got a one-year-old that he has actually got time. But he does actually have time. It's just time for what? And that's going back to the original slide. What are the actual goals? Because Tom's goals in terms of having a family, they're going to be very different to somebody who is maybe uh, single, living on their own with, you know, maybe a relatively stable job where they have very little stress, very little stimulus going on. You know, their goals are going to be slightly different, obviously. But in context of what it is that we're trying to do, why can you not do it? And even if you've got a goal set, humor me with this question. 
let's say um, you've done your Xander letter. Uh, let's stick with my example of the Cape Blast Trail from earlier. So I've got my Xander letter and now I want to ask myself, okay, well, why can't I do that? Well, okay, at the moment I need to get some more endurance. I need to work on this. I need to work on that. These are the things that I need to work on. Great. These are coming with solutions, not just problems. Why can't I? Right. I can't because I need to build a bit more endurance. Great. How do I do that? Trusting in my process, getting my training plan set out, seeing the longer term of that particular goal, figuring out what it is that I want to do. Great. Good. Okay, why else can't I? Well, winter could be an issue. Okay, well, we need to deal with that in terms of lights. We need to deal with that in terms of protection and weather, uh, clothing, that sort of thing. Logistics, making sure I can actually get off the Cape because it's quite difficult. And, you know, working out those things. And then we find solutions. If you turn around and say, yeah, I'd never be able to do that. Why? What are the lies that you have sold yourself from the conditioning that you have received and however long you've been on this planet to get you here? This is how we change our mindset. Wonderful conversation the other day. Somebody was like, oh, you know, um, I'd never be a you know, professional mountain bike racer. Wouldn't be able to win mountain bike races. Why? It's a dumb, simple question, isn't it, really? Yeah, but you don't understand. Yeah, I do. Why? Help me understand. Why do you think you can't? Yeah, I'm too old. Are you? Or are you looking at the wrong races? Do we need to look at age category races? Do we need to look at different types of races? Do you have different strengths to what you had when you were 10 years ago? Are there different weaknesses? Are there different adaptations? Different styles of racing? Okay, cool. So how do we get into those different types of races? Okay. So what is it going to take to get there? Okay. What's stopping us from doing that? Okay. How do we get past those obstacles? Okay. Why are we still talking? Right. Off we go. Why can't I do those things? Ah, oh, you, you don't understand, Ben, because, you know, uh, I'm really busy at work. And, you know, the promotion I'm looking for, it's just they're not going to pick me. Why? Uh, I, 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 because, you know, I just don't get the opportunities. Why? Uh, because, you know, uh, this, that and the other. Okay. Why? And you start to understand why. And it's not just annoyingly asking why seven times like they do in business meetings. It's tangibly understanding why it is that you think you cannot do these things. As soon as you understand the whys behind this thing, then you can start to break it down. You find chinks in the armor and you find ways around it. Because if we go back a couple of pages to this one, what fires you up and what you're excited to pursue, if you tell yourself that you cannot do those things that you're excited to pursue, and we question ourselves why, then we start to break down the outline of a plan as to what we need to do to build to achieve in order to bring those things about. Welcome to a coaching strategy. You've done it for yourself. Wonderful. And we can answer that question and we can we can disarm the question of why we can't do stuff quite successfully. Now then, I want to introduce you to a man called Albert Bandura. I'm going to get my phone out because I want to write, I want to read this quote to you. I want you to stop what you're doing. Hopefully you're not driving. I want you to put your pens down. I want you to focus in on the screen, please. Eyes in. I can see you. I can see through this. I'm in the matrix. And I want you to listen to this quote. It's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful quote. Okay, are we ready? Let's go. When people don't believe that they have what it takes to complete a task successfully, they see little point in the initial effort. When these people attempt the task, their resolve would disappear as soon as they hit obstacles. 
This is called low self-efficacy. When people think that they are made of the right stuff and start out expecting to do well, they are far more likely to make a start and to persevere when they do encounter difficulties and along the way discover new ways of navigating the path to success. This is called high self-efficacy. Now that very eloquently puts together the self-talk and the reticular activator. And I'm gonna read the last part to you again, because it's very important. When people think they are made of the right stuff, you can bullshit your own brain by just having some sense of confidence in yourself. It could, could be completely fictional. It genuinely could be completely fictional. But if you say it to yourself with enough conviction, you will believe yourself. If I say anything to you with enough power and conviction and passion in my voice, you will believe me. That's sales. You're selling yourself to yourself. So when you think that you are made of the right stuff and you start out expecting to do well, you don't start out thinking, yeah, I can't do this. You don't start out thinking this is not for me. You don't start out thinking, oh, I'm not very good at this. You don't start out saying, I just don't understand this. You don't start out saying this is my biggest struggle and I'm useless at it. You start out expecting to do well. These people are far more likely to make a start, the number one most important thing, and to persevere when they do encounter difficulties. Because as soon as you've got that positive growth mindset to start the challenge and you make some progress and you build what i've said before as a stack of undeniable proof that you can do what you say you want to do then when the challenges do come up and the difficulties do come up you can figure out how to go into how, how you can uh, sorry overcome them and along the way discover new ways of navigating the path to success because the path to success is never linear like the m6 it's not one road all the way it's a horrible zigzaggy maze but the whole point is to just keep your nose down and keep progressing forward all the time, no matter what direction forward is, as long as it's forward. I'm getting carried away now. Can you tell? I'm shouting at the computer. My neighbors must think I'm mental. High self-efficacy. And on the contrary, let's break down where some people do find themselves. You know who you are. When people don't believe that they have what it takes to complete a task successfully. I'm going to say that again. When people don't believe that they have what it takes to complete a task successfully. To use the previous analogy, they are shit at selling themselves to themselves. That's what that means. You don't believe your own sales pitch. And you're like, I can smell something that's off. So I'm not going to believe it. When you don't believe that you have what it takes to complete a task successfully, they see little point in the initial effort. Welcome to not closing the sale. If you don't sell yourself to yourself, you don't sell the process to yourself and you smell something and you're like, yeah, it doesn't seem right. You don't go through with a sale, do you? Think about it when you first started with me. I did a sales pitch to you and you went, you know what? This guy, he's got his head screwed on, or at least I bloody well hope that's what you thought. And you're like, do you know what? I trust him enough to take me on this journey. You saw the point in the initial effort. You saw the sales pitch for what it was, something there to help you. And if you don't see your own sales pitch for what it is, something to help you, then guess what? You don't see any point in the initial effort. When these people attempt the task, their resolve will disappear as soon as they hit obstacles. Do you know what the first obstacle is for literally every single person in this boat? 
Monday fricking morning, 5 a.m. the next day, when the motivation is dead, because motivation is not what you need. Discipline and direction is what you need. Motivation is great. I could hopefully leave you motivated after this call. I could ring you at five o'clock in the morning and get you motivated. That's not what you need. Self-efficacy is what you need in order to overcome the obstacles as and when they face you. And Monday morning, tomorrow morning, 5 a.m., the alarm, the snooze button, these are the first challenges that you face. Then it's traffic, then it's stress, then it's workload, then it's a late night, then it's a beer, then it's your friends asking you out for, for whatever, then it's partners, boyfriends, girlfriends, dogs, whatever. When you can manage your way through these challenges, you have a higher degree of self-efficacy so that your resolve does not disappear when you start to hit obstacles. What a wonderful quote. I'm going to end it by reading it to you again because I want this to sink into the grey matter. When people don't believe that they have what it takes to complete a task successfully, you know who you are. They see little point in the initial effort. When these people attempt the task, their resolve would disappear as soon as they hit obstacles. This is called low self-efficacy. When people think that they are made of the right stuff and start out expecting to do well, they are far more likely to make a start and to persevere when they do encounter difficulties and, along the way, discover new ways of navigating their path to success. This is called high self-efficacy. Albert Bandura, what a guy. I want you to remember that quote. I want you to remember the parts that stuck out to you because I read it out enough times. I want you to really think about what that means, what that means to you and how that, whoops, sorry, clicked on the wrong thing. Oh my goodness me. There we go. What that means to you and the elements in which you find yourself. What camp are you in? High self-efficacy, low self-efficacy. There are elements there that I want you to think about. This kind of brings us down to the natural next step. It's all fine and good having the goal. And I shared this in a post actually the other day because I was trying to trigger some people. And I think I did in a few sort of DMs and bits and pieces, but I'm not an Instagram influencer with millions and millions of followers, right? So the whole point was to try and trigger things. And quite frankly, I do a lot of my social media posts for my own thoughts and musings anyway. And I wanted to ask people, are you actually in love with the, the goal and like genuinely all into it? Or are you in love with the idea of you doing that goal? And there's a real stark difference between the two. One is drive and dedication to do the thing. The other is inaction, but you're daydreaming about doing the thing because you like the idea of doing it might be the case of, do you know what? I like the idea of being able to run 230 miles, but am I actually going out to do the training to do it? Nah. Nah, I like the idea though. I like the idea of talking about it. Have you ever been in that, in, in that, uh, in that boat? You know, like the idea of just talking about being good at doing a goal? Or are you actually dedicated to doing things? Do you want to do the things required to accomplish that particular goal? Because if you don't, what's the point? Because the goal isn't the important thing. It's who you become along the way. And yes, there doesn't need to be easy, simple, super enjoyable things over and over and over and over and over again, because you won't get anywhere. There has to be challenge. There has to be grit. There has to be, there has to be work for you to actually be able to accomplish those goals. But you've also got to find some long-term enjoyment. It could be type one fun, could be type two fun, you know? 
whether it's fun at the time or whether it's fun once you've done it. I definitely know I've got a fair mixture of the two, you know, but you get the job done. Do I yesterday uh, tempo 10 mile run? Did I want to do that? I wasn't particularly keen. Halfway through, it felt horrible and disgusting. But you know what? We get it done because that's what we've got to do. Because I'm not just in love with the idea of accomplishing the goal. I'm dedicated to do the bloody thing. I want to ask you your question. So with all these goals that you've got, all the bits and pieces that you want to do of improving fitness, well, are you actually dedicated to improving your fitness? What does that look like? Are you actually dedicated to doing the pull-ups? Are you actually dedicated to being able to do the specific enduro mountain ride? Are you actually dedicated to running up the particular mountain, to doing the particular event, to hiking the trail, to running the trail, to cycling the trail, to swimming the water, whatever it is? Are you actually dedicated to doing it so much so that you will do the do to get there? All the work that's required for you to get there, ticking off the things on the training plan to the T, do you need to look at your training program and go, right, what have I got planned? X, Y, Z, one, two, three, four, five, six sessions, let's say, for argument's sake, each week. I've got to get each one of those done. If I don't feel good on a certain session, yes, I'm going to give it some and I'm going to push. If I need to adapt, I'll adapt, but at least I'm, I'm drilling the big C word, which is consistency. If I have a training session booked on Tuesday, I'm doing a training session on Tuesday, whether it's the right one or not, whether it's been... Um, downplayed for some mobility because do you know what monday was maybe a really tough day whatever it is you need to nail the consistency if that means taking the supplements in the morning eating the way you need to be eating not filling your body like landfill when it comes to lunchtime and just eating some crappy food you know what you're doing and it takes work to change these things it does oh my goodness me it does i'm not here to tell you if it's easy it's really not it's monotonous. It's repetitive. It feels a bit crappy sometimes. You need to have a rest sometimes. But guess what? It's necessary. And you're going to find enjoyment in that along the way. And if you genuinely hate it, then find something else to do. There's tons of goals for you to do out there. There's, there's, there's a universe of things for you to do. Just because you think that you like trail running doesn't mean you have to do trail running. You might just absolutely love fast packing, you know, fast hiking, stuff like that. You might find that climbing is your thing. You might find scrambling is your thing. You might find that, you know, whatever it is, is your thing. And you want to have a go at it, but you've got to do the things required to get there. And yes, that also includes doing the adequate recovery, having the adequate time off, not just turning off and making yourself tired Monday to Sunday, but doing specific training. What does your training plan tell you to do? Do it. What does your nutrition plan tell you to do? Do it. What do you have to do rather than making things up for yourself and then wasting everyone's time? Do what the plan says you need to do. And if you don't enjoy it, tell me. And we'll change it. We'll adapt things. We'll see what it is that you don't enjoy. We'll see what it is that you really do enjoy. See if we can work more of that in and less of the other stuff in and kind of just, you know, figuring out the, the way that works for you. This is a feedback driven operation. Because the more enjoyment we can find in this, the more longevity we're going to find in this. Because again, it's not about the goal. It's about who you become along the way. And you becoming that version of you, it needs to be enjoyable. The myth of accountability. You know, there's a full like business plan for an accountability coach. I think it's a bit weird, isn't it? And it's kind of just somebody who will like sit in WhatsApp and be like, hey, did you do what you say you're going to do today? And they don't give you a literally, they literally don't give you anything else. There's no plans. There's no like structure. There's no actual coaching. It's like, hey, you know, did you do the thing today? And people will pay loads for that, apparently. I think it's mental. But um, you don't need that, really. 
You might sell it to yourself that you do. I don't think you do. I don't think that's the base of the pyramid. I don't I don't think that's the, you know, in terms of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, that's not the number one thing you need. The number one thing you need is the self-discipline to do it yourself. Why? Because you come first. The next level up, yeah. Get your coach on board. Get your partners on board. Boyfriends, girlfriends, wives, husbands, dogs, kids, families, brothers, mothers, whatevers. Get them on board. Tell them about it. Put a post on social media, whatever. As soon as you realize that everyone on social media really doesn't care what you do and you put it out there anyway because you're using it as accountability, brilliant. Then I can hold you accountable. Then I can say, did you do what you were going to say you were going to do? You have the self-discipline to do your weekly feedback form so that I can keep you accountable and we can progress forward from there. But when people say, oh, you know, I'm just, I just don't need the accountability. No, you're not disciplined. And I know that sounds very Sergeant Major and Army. It's true. Why? Because I've been there. And I thought when I left the army, I was like, oh, my God, I just need someone to tell me what to do all the time. Because, you know, I'm always told when to do training and when not to do training and when to go to work and when not to go to work and when I should be doing this and what I should be wearing and what I should be doing and all these things. You're told everything. So you're literally 100 percent in an accountability machine. And you come out of the army, you're like, whoa, I don't have any of this. Nobody in the co-op is telling me what to buy. Uh, nobody's telling me where to go. Nobody's telling me what, the gym isn't telling me when to train. Like, what do I do? And all that accountability goes, you learn self-discipline. You learn, well, okay, if I'm going to do this, I've got to hold myself accountable. I've got to have the self-discipline to say, look, I need to improve my fitness. So I'm literally going to do anything to improve my fitness, any movement at all until I figure out what I love to do. Oh, do you know what? I really like biking. So I'm going to do more biking. I really like running. So I'm going to do more running. I really like hiking. I'm going to do more hiking. I mean, you've got the self-accountability to get you there. That is the base of Maslow's hierarchy of needs when it comes to your coaching journey. It is you holding yourself accountable. You having the self-discipline to do exactly what your plan tells you to do. You having the self-discipline and the confidence to say, look, uh, I feel like I don't understand this or I've definitely got like knowledge gaps here, here and here. How do I work around that? Nutrition, I don't really understand this, this and this. You can't just say you don't understand nutrition. Otherwise, you would have died from starvation. There is an element of nutrition that you do understand. So let's work from that and say, hey, Ben, I only know how to eat to not die. But how do I make that optimal for this specific thing, whatever it is? Great question. Let's work through it. Hey, Ben, uh, I, I understand, you know, that I need to be running for like running training. But why do I need to do strength and conditioning? Great question. Let me help you understand. Hey, Ben, I've got motivation on, you know, Sunday night when I'm writing my plan for the week. Uh, but you know what? Monday morning, it goes to, it goes down the toilet and I just, wh what's going on? Why, why can't I get out of bed on Monday morning? Great question. Let's work through it. You see how those questions differ. And I know that those are questions on the minds of pretty much everybody here. Why? Because they've been on my mind. And I've seen them in feedback forms and I can see them on social media posts and I can see them when we're talking in uh, hyper support. Funnily enough, A, I, I might have skipped telepathy class, but I'm not an idiot and I can see what's going on. When we frame these questions, you are building and forging that element of self-discipline for you to be able to do that thing. And that is the most important part. Then you work on the accountability. But don't outsource everything to think, oh, all I need is the accountability. I'm not getting the accountability. You know, you're not telling me what to do 24 fucking hours a day, seven days a week. You don't need that. 
you're using that to mask the fact that you have zero self-discipline. And that's not, you know, a taunt. I'm not chest poking you to say that. I'm saying objectively, that's probably where you're at, in which case that's what we need to build from. That's like saying, hey, I want to, you know, build an extension on my house, but I haven't even started digging trenches yet. I just want to put bricks down. No, you don't. You want to get some footings in because you don't want the building to collapse. That's about as far as my structural engineering knowledge goes. So let's not outsource all of this to, a, to the big A word accountability. And let's start looking at discipline. And I want you right now to question yourself and your mind. Am I actually disciplined enough to do this? What, what's holding me back? Why do I not do that training session? Why did I change the plan for no particular bloody reason? Why do I sell myself short and say I can't do this stuff? Like, what am I missing here? And then you jump on hypersport, you tell me about it, and then we'll work through it because that's what we do. Remember, I skipped telepathy class, so I can't get in your head and tell what's going on. You've got to tell me, and then we'll work through it. You want to know what the ins and outs are of the overall journey of your coaching for the next 12 months. You come to me first of what it is that you actually want to achieve. I will get you to a level of readiness where you are 10 weeks out from anything that you want to do. Anything that you want to do, I will get you there because that's my ethos of readiness. I want you to be 10 weeks out from anything. But if you say, hey, I really want to focus in on doing this. I really want to focus in on doing that. Brilliant. Let's put it into the plan. Let's do it. But the ideas come from you. And then we work on it together. Otherwise, I'm saying, hey, here's your plan, and I want you to fit specifically to this box, and I don't care what you think or say. That's not what we do. It's not a rigid meal plan. It's not a rigid, downloadable, chat GPT bloody training plan that you force yourself to do. This is a highly um, fluid and maneuverable journey that will consistently adapt as you progress. You know, of all the people that we've got here, all 20 people in the Adventure Coach, there's 20 different journeys, 20 different people, 20 different paths, 20 different goals, 20 different mindsets, 20 different bodies, 20 different methods, 20 different requirements. So come at me and say, hey, I want to do these things. How do I get there? Brilliant. Let's go. Go back through this. Look at the goals. Understand what you want to do. What's the cool stuff you want to do? I've asked people pretty much directly these questions in hyper support before. Um and had some fantastic answers, you know, and broken it down to like, you know, somebody's like super disciplined or sort of race, sorry, super driven to be able to do like longer distance mountain bike adventures or, you know, wanting to dial in a specific element of, of running speed and pace and strength, for example, or wanting to dial in their attitude at work or wanting to turn up as super dad or wanting to just be generally um, want to continue the weight loss journey for example to get to this particular point so that you have this particular outcome you know when you've got specific stuff like that we can work with it otherwise i'm going to get you to a level of general readiness where you're 10 weeks out from anything but if you are ready for stuff and you've got things that you want to achieve and you've got cool stuff that you want to do come at me let's fit it to the plan and let's go but it starts with that element of self-discipline i've pretty much answered that question um, you know, starts that level of self-discipline and then the accountability comes with it. Because I can't say accountability is, okay, did you do what you said you were going to do? If you haven't said you're going to do anything. So don't outsource it to accountability. That's the second level up. Outsource it to your own self-discipline first. So what you need to do is, I want you to go through these slides. 
And I want you to ask yourself some of these questions. I want you to look about, look at what your goals are, the stuff that you want to do. Don't think of it as corporate goals. Think of it as cool stuff that you want to do. Think about what excites you. What are you excited to pursue? What do you really want to do? Think about that. Write yourself a Xander letter so that in the future, when you have accomplished those things, you can tell yourself, hey, Paul from the past or Sarah from the past or Claire from the past, this is what we did to get to this particular goal. We did X, Y, and Z. Be as detailed as you can. Spend 20 minutes writing it. Keep it safe. Take a picture of it. Send it to me on Hypersport. I want to read it because it looks banging. I, just brilliant. Love to. I want to get in your head to understand what it is that you think you need to do. And I'm going to put it to what I think you need to do. And then we build the plan together. That is a one-to-one -one coaching process. Then we look at that and say, hey, what are the standards that you're holding to yourself uh, to? I want you to answer that question. This is homework for this week. Get it done this week. Don't be a passenger in these calls. You know, do the work. This is where it's done. What are the standards that you're holding yourself to? And then compare that to the standards that the future version of you is holding, uh, holding themselves to. Your self-talk. You know if you've got to get a grip of your self-talk or not. So sort it out. Instead of saying, I'm useless at this, say, I, my knowledge has got me this far, and this is what I understand, and the rest of it I need help with. Growth mindset, figuring it out. Understanding why can't you do these things, questioning those things that you think you can't do and asking why and going five, six, seven layers deep on the why's to figure out exactly what it is that's holding you back. When somebody comes to me with weight loss, for example, I'm going to ask them, why do you want to lose weight? Because the actual number itself will never be the reason why people want to lose weight. It never is. It's always deeper. Going back to that amazing quote and your level of self-efficacy. And then understanding, do I actually do want to do the things that are required to accomplish this goal? If you don't, you need to come to terms with the fact you'll never accomplish that goal. We need to move the goal, quite frankly. Because if you're not going to do the things required, you will not hit it. It doesn't just magically materialize. The myth of accountability. You don't need accountability. You need self-discipline. And I want you to question where your self-discipline is at right now. That's what you need to do now. So team... Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> it was, uh, that was a long one. Um, uh, but thank you all very much for your attention. I know we've got a few people here. Um, thank you very much for listening. I hope that you have enjoyed that call. I hope that it's giving you some food for thought. I really like doing calls like this because I like to be punchy and a bit more aggressive when it comes to getting people in line. Why? Because this is what people need to hear. When the conversation starts like, yeah, I don't really have any goals. Yes, you do, because there's something you want to achieve. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. Or I just want to get better at fitness. No, you don't. Think of it specifically. What is it you want to achieve? The more we can dive into that, the more we can align you, your mindset and your intention and your discipline to doing the thing that you actually need to do, that you are driven to do, that you're truly committed to do, that you're actually passionate about. Then we find out who you are, what your character is, what is, what is required. Then we figure out where your self-discipline is and what accountability you need. So team, there we go. Quick look at questions, see if I've missed anything. Can you share the quote? Yes, I'll put it in the community group after. Team, thank you so much for your attention this evening. I'm going to end that call there. Thank you for bearing with me for what was an hour and 15 minutes. Look at that. It's going to be a fun podcast to listen back to. This video will be uploaded into uh, Basecamp, onto your online coaching platform if you do want to watch this again and get eyes onto the slides and bits and pieces. Otherwise, the podcast will be uploaded 
tomorrow morning up onto the podcast. You will be emailed when that is all gone through. But otherwise, I will see you in the community group. Please do use the community group. Those who are saying that they haven't seen some of the meetups and stuff that have come up, you have definitely had emails about them. You have definitely had notifications about them. So use the community group. That's what we're here for. Uh, there'll be a lot more coming into that over the coming weeks because drum roll please from the 18th of september we will have a new challenge series starting with a pretty fancy prize at the end of it and um, there'll be a few favors and questions and things that i'm going to be asking of you before we get there but you are all invited to join that's going to be good fun more details on that coming out later but that's all going to be done within that community group so please do use it get to grips with it and get uh, amongst it other than that team thank you very much for this evening for those who are here and i will catch you all in the next one have a cracking evening happy wednesday <laughs>